What's up? I am so sore. Oh. Yes, I went um, bouldering yesterday on a whim. Okay. So it felt great in the moment, but I definitely used those like weird muscles you don't really use in daily life. Mm, um, right. So like under here is like mm-hmm. very sore. I'm, hmm. If you're not watching the video, I'm pointing to, I guess, the place where, like, my armpit meets my rib meets my back is how I would describe it. That's probably your trapezius muscle. Oh, look at you, Mr. Anatomy. I'm guessing. I mean, I was an anatomy and physiology tutor in college, so. Oh, yeah, your major is in. Health sciences. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I forget that all the time. Yeah, I mean, I do too. <laughs> It's not like I use it. How was Puerto Rico? It was fantastic. I was in Puerto Rico for our listeners who may not know from Tuesday through Saturday of last week and had just a fantastic time. The weather was gorgeous and barely had any rain. Awesome. Got Got to see and do a bunch of cool things. I did a excursion one day with a tour group out to El Yunque National Forest and to a bioluminescent bay in the town of Ceiba. The rainforest excursion was really cool. Uh, I did not know, though, that it was going to be as physical as it was, I guess. Okay. So, like, they made us climb, like, very specific ways through all of these, like, rock formations and like grabbing tree roots and stuff it was a very strenuous hike and they would like show us start with your left foot here put your right yeah. foot here like grab with your hand here and pull yourself up and it was very methodical but i enjoyed it it was cool and it was something that i never would have done on my own you know right so i was just looking at the pictures that they sent us because they told us we couldn't take our phones because we did like a natural water slide and you know they they took us to waterfalls so we we did like a 10 foot cliff jump into this you know big pool at the bottom of the falls and so like we were getting completely submerged so they said don't bring your phones we'll take a bunch of pictures and send them to you and i was just looking at the link that they sent earlier today of the pictures and they sent us the wrong groups pictures i'm not in any of these pictures nor are any of the other people who were in my group so now i have to email them and hope that they actually have pictures of us well I mean, it's kind of nice to not have your phone sometimes. Like, you don't even feel that pull to, like, take it out, take pictures. Like, you're Mm -hmm. in the moment. But, I mean, I also hope that they have pictures of you because I would love to see where you were. It sounds Mm -hmm. really cool. It was really cool. And then the bioluminescent bay was a little underwhelming because for some reason they said it hadn't really been glowing the last couple of nights that they had been doing the tour. So, like, it was a kayaking adventure. Like, you have to kayak out to the bay from the shore and, like, back this, you know, inlet channel, whatever you want to call it, to get into the bay. Then, like, they take you there and, like, tell you to, you know, splash the water in a certain way to make the glow happen but the glow really just looked more like kind of sparkles like pieces of glitter had fallen in the water and were reflecting the light and normally they say whenever you hit it that like it actually glows like you see an instant like real identifiable glow because of the algae that live at the bottom of this bay like there's some sort of chemical that's given off by the mangrove trees that surround Mm -hmm. it that like 
It's, there's only like five places in the world where this algae is able to thrive. Wow. Yeah, so they don't know why exactly it was not happening that much, but they gave us a little discount off of the price of the tour because it wasn't well, as impressive nice. as it should have been. But still, it would have been nice to actually see what I went there for. Wow. Well, I thought today it would be fun since last week we totally trash-talked the view and the talk and other daytime shows. Mm-hmm. I feel like what we're doing today is almost weirdly reminiscent of those shows because I just want to talk about some current events and maybe get some like hot takes, specifically things that are happening in TV, like Hollywood, that I thought were interesting. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about, I'm probably more excited about than you are because I know you haven't watched Yellowstone yet. But Mm -hmm. I was made aware, so I already knew that the creator of Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan, he already has one spinoff. I believe it's 1883, but I feel Mm -hmm. like I always say the wrong date. But it's, (laughs) you know, it's the one with Tim McGraw and Faith Hill that's like set back in like pioneer times. Mm -hmm. So that's already out. That's like in the Yellowstone universe. Right. And there's going to be two more Yellowstone spinoffs or like not really spinoffs, but two other things within that world. So there's 6666, uh, which is going to be set in present day in like this ranch in Texas. And then there's another one, I think it's 1932, which is going to be a Great Depression era focusing on the same family, the Duttons of Yellowstone. Mm. Can I just interject yeah. and say that when... When you said 6666, I thought you were going to say that this spinoff is set in the year 6666. That's what I thought when I <laughs> And I was like, wow, that's very forward thinking. Like, what planet are we on at this point? <laughs> Robotic, like, horses or something. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just Westworld, actually. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, anyway, I knew about those, but I didn't know that he has four other shows that are I would they're in development but I would say they're going to happen because all of them already have like pretty big names attached to them and they're Mm. all going to be on Paramount Plus with the other like Yellowstone stuff with the exception of Yellowstone itself which is on Peacock for some reason but everything Mm -hmm. else is going to be on Paramount (laughs) Plus so there's like a mob series starring Sylvester Stallone there's like a 1980s oil series with Billy Bob Thornton. There's okay. another one that I can't remember the premise. I think it's like spy oriented with Zoe Zaldana and Nicole Kidman. That's a series? Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's one other one. I should have written it down, but there's four. Oh, there's one with um David... Is his name David Oyelowo? Oyelowo? Yes. Yeah. There's another series with him. So Hmm. anyway, in addition to that, he already has another show on the air called Mayor of Kingstown. So provided like all of these actually make it to air, he will have what? The four Yellowstone series, Mayor of Kingstown plus four more. He'll have nine shows. Wow. Like streaming and on the air. And I just think it's like, it's almost unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, the only like recent people that come to mind with like having that many different projects on the air at the same time, I can think of three would be Shonda Rhimes, Ryan Murphy, right. and Chuck Lorre. Like mm-hmm. those are sort of the three 
mega producers, I would say, in this day and age where you can say their name and everyone just knows, you know, all of their projects. And, like, they have such an identifiable brand associated with their name. I don't know what Taylor Sheridan had done before Yellowstone. So he was an actor okay. first. And if you look up pictures of him, he does look like a very like old-timey kind of actor. And then mm. he wrote a few movies. Let me look it up because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Hell or High Water, Wind mm. River, Sicario, I think oh, okay. are his biggest movies to those who wish me dead is another one so he wrote like some movies that got a decent amount of i think attention Mm -hmm. but it does feel like the tv stuff has kind of come out of nowhere right yeah like for one series even as popular as yellowstone has become to kind of stem all of this for him it, it feels like very unprecedented is the word that you use but it's like are we rushing into this at all? Like <laughs> ordering this many different shows from somebody? Like even if he has proven himself in film as well, and you know, this show has held up so much over the seasons or whatever, you know, it it feels like kind of a big gamble to take for me. Cause isn't it like a nine figure deal that they made with him? I think so. I think so. I saw a huge amount of money. So hopefully it pays off for them, I guess. But I feel like that's just... The way that the streaming services are going these days, they have to lock down content that they know, you know, has yep. at least a good chance of being successful. And you know, they're just trying to add that value to the service to make people actually commit to it and not just like right. subscribe for a month and realize, oh, there's nothing else on here I want to watch. So I'm going to cancel it. Saying commit to it is like the perfect way to put it because I was reading about this and you know, the person writing the article made the point that, like, you know, Disney has all of, like, the Marvel movies and all of the Star Wars movies. Like, it has these, like, franchises, basically, Mm -hmm. or, like, these whole worlds of content that people will stick around for because there's, like, so much of it. And so for Paramount Plus to, like, take this whole Yellowstone thing and be able to create this whole world of shows either directly related to it or related to it in the sense that they're made by the same person. And I just get the vibe from what I've read about these other projects that they are going to be, not that I've said before, I don't think Yellowstone is totally like a conservative show, but I do think it like connects to a piece of like the American public that is maybe a little more conservative or maybe Mm. a little more country for like lack of a better word traditional traditional yeah Mm -hmm. so I I think um his other projects kind of have that same feel to me from what I've read so far and so I think Mm -hmm. they're tapping into not only just like a connection with this creator and this franchise but also like this specific kind of audience that is going to be interested in all of those properties and then will stick around like longer hopefully on their streaming site so right this the word that is now coming to mind that I think is a good word to describe the whole vibe of all these shows rugged yes that is actually perfect i feel like there's not a whole lot of content out there right now featuring rugged people yeah like i feel like the trend has in general been this high polish you know sort of higher class and you know everything Mm -hmm. is so sleek and slick and it's not as raw and real as actual life is for so many people right so i 
you know, I, I can understand why it's connecting with people. I can't say that it, all of these projects are things that I feel certain I would like. I'm not going to dismiss them before I give them a chance at all, but, right. you know, they're not the sort of thing that I feel like I would typically go for, because I am so high class and sleek, <laughs> and, you know. But, yeah, it you know, if it's working for Paramount+, Plus, then they might as well double down on it. What yeah. do they have to lose except a bunch of money, which other streaming services do too. That's exactly right. Speaking of other <laughs> streaming services, another thing I wanted to talk about today was the apparent Judge Judy show that is on IMDb+. Plus. Yeah, I did not know that <laughs> that's where it was. I knew that she was doing another show and I thought it was for... Amazon, but I guess Amazon owns IMDb. I think so. Now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that's just interesting to me that they decided to put it there. I agree. I I wonder maybe like what their long-term vision for IMDb <laughs> TV Plus or like whatever it's called is. Basically, it's Judge Judy. I think it has a slightly different name, but it's like a courtroom show like you would see on daytime TV, but it's streaming and mm -hmm. debuted to really good numbers. I think I read 25 million minutes streamed. Mm. And so they've already renewed it for a season two, which I feel like 25 million minutes is kind of nothing when you think about like Virgin River or Squid Game, like two other shows we've talked about here. Mm -hmm. But for like a really weird niche streamer that probably is like a ton yeah i mean i can't tell you a single other thing that's on imdb plus so uh, <laughs> me neither but it just it's kind of confusing to me why amazon would own that like own imdb but like still keep that service around instead of just shepherding everything over to prime video but like it doesn't i i don't understand why they would want the distinction there like with disney for example they've got disney plus they've got hulu espn right they've got all these different services that sort of make sense like they have a distinct brand to them that they sort of want to keep separated for different audiences but also encourage people to buy all of them of course whereas with amazon like the brand of amazon prime is everything right you know like there is no brand for amazon it's just here is everything you could possibly want in the world so to have like one streaming service prime video that is yeah essentially if it's got the prime name trying to be everything to everyone and then have some other little niche streamer on the side it doesn't make sense to me i don't know i wonder if it is just the idea that like i think i did like a five-day free trial to IMDb Plus because I wanted to watch La Dolce Vita and that is the only place I could find it, uh, hmm. like streaming. So maybe they just keep... Because another one that they have is Discovery Plus. So I don't know if Amazon hmm. owns it, but Amazon offers it as an add-on at least. Yeah, I don't think they own discovery plus but they have the channels that you can do like right. stars and you know the other ones yeah so i wonder if like keeping around like imdb plus and like offering all these other streamers is it just a way for them to like maybe make more money like have people come on and like yeah that could be true because if it's not included with prime and people mm -hmm. just love judge judy so much that they're willing to shell out <laughs> i don't know how however much it is for imdb Plus, I probably wouldn't pay more than two cents a month, but it's probably, like, 
at least two dollars. I think it's four ninety nine. Okay. Well, I sorry, Judge Judy, but I don't love you that much. <laughs> Maybe the only person streaming Judge Judy is RuPaul. Maybe. <laughs> All twenty-five kn- million minutes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And we know that RuPaul can afford that four ninety-nine a month. <laughs> yes, we do. Because RuPaul has sold enough chocolate bars to cover that. <laughs> Enough peanut butter. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, okay. Another segue. It's coming okay. to me in the moment. So Hard exciting. Pivot. <laughs> Speaking of streaming services. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the, um, is it the ACM Awards or the AMC Awards? The ACM A- Awards. A-C-M. Academy of Country Music Awards. Yes. Now I know yes. where you're going with this hard pivot. <laughs> It's not that hard of a pivot because the ACM Awards just streamed earlier this week on Amazon Prime Video exclusively, and they mm-hmm. were the first awards, sh- like major awards show. And you know, we're using major a little bit loosely there for the Academy of Country <laughs> Music Awards, but um, anyway, first major awards show that had typically been aired on broadcast television to air exclusively on a streaming service. I did not watch because I canceled my Prime subscription. I usually am a faithful viewer of the Academy of Country Music Awards because I love to see Miranda Lambert win, and she is the most awarded person in ACM history. Wow. She is, yes. Take that, Reba! But, um... (laughs) But anyway, um... I did not watch it, and turns out Miranda Lambert won Entertainer of the Year for the mm-hmm. first time ever, and of course I didn't see it, but I watched well. the video afterward of her acceptance speech. She was in London, actually, because she's on tour there right now, so she didn't even get to accept it in person. After six nominations and 17 years of her career since her first ACM nomination, Dang. didn't even get to accept it in person. First woman to win entertainer of the year without tying with a man since taylor swift 10 years ago wow yeah the big controversy of the night is that the man who won album of the year Mm -hmm. morgan wallen yes had apparently dropped an n-bomb several months ago and was dropped by his record label and kind of shunned i guess by some people some people seemed mad about it but i guess people weren't mad enough about it to not give him an award and invite him to the ceremony and still gave him a nomination. Yeah, so about a year ago, it was this video of him saying the N-word that was surfaced online, and there was pretty swift backlash from the country music community. It, like, all radio airplay for him ceased completely, and this album had just come out not too long wow. before that. It was a huge success, and a kind of alarmingly... It did absolutely nothing for the popularity of this album. It went on to be the longest-running number one album in decades. Not decades, baby, but in years. It was 10 Mm -hmm. weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. He had the biggest streaming numbers for any country album ever. Wow. And his fan base was just like, oh, he said the N-word. Who cares? We still love him and everything about him. But country radio would not play him. He, he was not completely dropped by his label. They just stopped promoting everything that he did. Oh, okay. So, like, dissociating themselves from him, but, like, still keeping him on the roster because he was very lucrative. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he had some appearances planned and things throughout the rest of last year. Those were canceled. And he was not eligible for any CMA award nominations, 
last okay. year. So this ACM award nomination uh, and win was sort of his return to the public limelight. And he has started to get some radio airplay back in the last couple of months. Wow. They started to promote him again. So I think this award win for him is a statement that he's officially back. And now welcomed back into the good graces of country music, which is a little bit upsetting because the country genre has typically been exclusively white, you know, and in the last couple of years, I would say with a couple of exceptions over the years, like Charlie Pride and Dee Ford Bailey and Darius Rucker, it was all just white people. And in the last few years, you've had some people like Jimmy Allen and Mickey Guyton and Britney Spencer making some inroads and actually showing that, yes, there could be some commercial right. success for people of color. And then you have this one dumb redneck who comes along yep. and sings his dumb redneck music and says the N-word, and everyone's just like, yeah, that's who we are, that's what we want, we don't care. It just, it's disappointing. It feels like such a setback. And I feel like there are, you know, not that I'm into, like, super indie country music but there's like enough really good country music out there made by people who are different like mm -hmm. not white there are you know tons of obviously white artists who are making music that's more meaningful than the stuff that gets like a lot of airplay mm -hmm. i don't know it, it's just like weird to me like why do we need to keep going back to like this guy when like there are other talented people out there who aren't problematic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing with acting, though. I feel this way all the time. Like, we... I think of the movie that just came out, the Batman movie. This is maybe a stretch to what we're talking about. But you cast a person like Colin Farrell, and then you put, like, an entirely new face on him to make him totally ugly and disgusting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why don't we just cast someone who isn't known for being handsome? Or like, <laughs> right. why don't we just find someone who fits the role in the way that they look, who is a talented actor? Because I guarantee there is someone out there like that who mm -hmm. would have done an amazing job and is just not like a hottie you know mm -hmm. i don't know and i'm sure there's there's always like a gimmick to stuff like that where it's like look how much they transformed but it's it's always kind of bothered me it's, uh, it's even when like people gain like a ton of weight for a role like can't mm -hmm. we just like cast someone who is bigger like yeah. i don't know and i hope i'm not being offensive in saying anything like that i just there's so much talent in the world and then we just keep going back to the same well over and over and over again of like people who kind of suck or like people who aren't the most talented and it's mm. it can be frustrating and one thing too that i should have added jimmy allen one of the black artists that i mentioned earlier was one of the co-hosts of the show and you know yes so it's like and britney spencer another artist performed on the show and mm. she performed with the brothers osborne who the, the lead singer tj osborne is gay he's the first person to come out as gay while being signed to a major record label wow. and like for the most part the country community was hugely accepting and you know other artists were so quick to celebrate him and now like it's not like they were hugely successful at radio before but they can't get traction with any of their music on country radio like they just there was a thing that i saw this morning about how when they won when brothers osborne won the award for duo of the year their acceptance speech mentioned the fact that their single just got dropped from radio last week and then you have this guy who 
you know, said the N-word and did not deserve to get canceled, who is whizzing back up the chart now with songs from this album that's a year old that didn't get its fair shake the first time around because he had to get dropped for image reasons. Because no one wanted to look like the bad guy who was still playing that guy. But oh, now that it's died down and we can forget about the fact that he's actually just a racist. It all just makes me so sad. I feel the same way. And I'm happy that country is slowly changing. And I think in the same way that like TV shows like Yellowstone are reaching more people, I really think like, I think country music is going to continue to grow and expand and reach more and more people within the, this is just like a random prediction that I have, (laughs) but I really do. I think there's something happening. And even the way like everyone feels very united right now about like what's happening overseas in Ukraine and Russia. Like, I feel like there's this sort of movement or like sense of where America is at right now, where I feel like country and even folk music is going to like come more to the forefront because it feels like it matches sort of the feel and the mood in the country, like maybe a little bit of like the politics of the country. And I think seeing the expansion to like a more diverse group of creators uh, makes me think that I am probably right. Like it is going to continue reaching more Mm -hmm. and more people and even like an artist like Casey Musgraves who we both love like she is such an ally to people who are different or people who are out of the norm for country and I think her lyrics and everything like that really like drives that point home yeah I think so too well this has been a wide-ranging conversation about (laughs) things that don't don't all totally relate to television but that's okay because that's where it all stemmed from right definitely Thank you for listening. Yes, we appreciate it. If you don't follow us on Instagram, what are you doing? Get (laughs) over there now and follow us at Televisionary Podcast. You can Mm -hmm. uh, comment on this, the post for this mini-sode and let us know if you have any thoughts about anything that we said, or you can DM us directly and, you know, just share your thoughts. We love to hear from our fans out there we do or from the haters even we we ain't scared of you i loved our both supporter and hater on one of our tiktoks who commented that something about people like friends because they are depressed i don't i don't feel like that was hating i feel like that was a legitimate description that i hadn't really considered it because I thought about it, and I said that everyone that I know that loves Friends is depressed. Is depressed. So. <laughs> All right. I've been Elena Hillard. And I've been Cody Hoffman. And we will see you, or you'll hear us next week, I guess. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye!